Hello, and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magalie on a Journey. I'm your host, Magalie Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm so excited about today's guest. She's someone that I've been following online for quite some time, and I know you will love her if you don't already know her. Grace Terrell is a certified holistic nutritionist and founder of Graceful Wellness. Her mission is to help people take back control of their health in a natural and sustainable way. Grace, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here. As I mentioned, I've been following your content and having gone through my own personal gut health issues, um, I just resonate with so much of the things that you're sharing and helping people with. So let's start with, uh, tell us about your background, your story. How did you get to uh, do the things you're doing today? Yeah. So I feel like most women these days, I also had gut health issues. I grew up a dancer, so I was always like very aware of nutrition and my health in general. And I went through like the whole yo-yo dieting cycle, tried a bunch of different diets through like high school and college. And towards the end of college, I decided to become a vegan, mm-hmm. as I think most of us have mm-hmm. tried, <laughs> or at least And I felt really, really good at first, and then. A couple years into it, I started getting a lot of really bad stomach problems and my hormones were just out of balance. I lost my period for a couple years. Um, I couldn't eat like anything without my stomach hurting so bad and me getting extremely bloated to the point where I had to like go lay down and like curl up in a ball. And it actually took me a while before I correlated like my diet to my symptoms that I was having because at the time... I thought being plant-based and vegan was like the optimal diet for everybody, which now I know to not be true. I think some people can thrive on a plant-based diet, but for me, it just didn't work. And it got to the point where I was like, I need to do something about this. So I started studying nutrition, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And I learned about like IBS, SIBO, Candida, like all of those um, gut health issues And I took some tests and I figured out I had a candida overgrowth. And so I went on the candida diet, the candida cleanse, did all that sort of stuff. And I started to feel a lot better. And through that whole process, I decided to get certified to Mm -hmm. be a holistic nutritionist because I saw around me so many of my friends and family were dealing with so many of the same issues that I was. And everyone had a very different diet. And I just thought it was so interesting how different diets work for certain people, but not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of led me to what I do now, which is I help people with gut health issues, hormone imbalances, and autoimmune conditions. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I resonate with so much of your story. I also was vegetarian for six years and I definitely did it more like I watched Cowspiracy one year and then I was like, oh my gosh, I need to save the planet and not at all connecting to myself and to like what it was doing to me. And then I even felt like I was depriving myself. Like there was times where like I'm French originally. And so when I would go home uh, for Christmas or things like that, meat is such a big part. And I would like hide in the kitchen and like have some of the meat. Cause I was like, no, I'm vegetarian guys. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I feel though, I don't know if you do that. There is a shift right now happening where a lot of people that were 
plant-based have realized that it's had like some effect, um, some negative effect. Obviously, as you said, you know, some people thrive on it. Um, but I feel like there's more of a conversation now of like, let's incorporate some kind of animal protein into our diet. Yeah, there really is. I've noticed that a lot lately. And it's funny because the program that I did to become a holistic nutritionist was actually heavily like biased towards the plant-based diet. And at the time I resonated with it because I was still kind of transitioning out of that. Mm. And I feel like even three years ago, two years ago, everyone was like trying the vegan vegetarian trend. And it was like, this is the optimal diet. Like that whole paradigm that this was the optimal diet for all humans was very, very strong. Mm -hmm. And now I do see such a transition. Like you see a lot of um, like the influencers or nutritionists saying, I used to be vegan and vegetarian, but like now I just feel like my hormones aren't optimum. My energy is really low and I've started to reincorporate meat back in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's more accepted now. True. Whereas like a couple years ago, at least on the internet, because you know how the internet is, if you were like, <laughs> oh yeah, I ate a steak today. People were like, you're an animal killer. Mm -hmm. Like that's disgusting. It was, it was almost like looked down upon where now I feel like people are, are realizing that it is actually really good for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel the same. I think there is, it's good that there is a lot more conversation around it because as you said, even just from an energy perspective, I mean, I know you're a huge proponent of protein from the things that you share online and so am I, it's had such a big impact in just like starting the day with protein and how are you, so when you're working with somebody, like what are the kind of ways that you I guess, see the person as a whole and then work on the different things that they're coming to, whether it's like, do you see the top most common ailments that people come to you and they're like, okay, there is some things that do apply for everybody or is it very like individual based? Yeah. I think most people that come to me, the typical list of symptoms is bloating, stomach cramps. They feel like they have sensitivities to a bunch of different foods. Um, they might have really heavy periods or irregular periods, uh, weight gain, inflammation, like those are the typical things that I see. And I think for that symptom profile, what I typically do is let's go through your whole health history. Mm -hmm. Like, let's see what your dieting history is. What have you actually been eating like? Because I feel like people have an idea of what their diet is, but then when you actually take note of it for a week, I'm like, let's write a food journal and let's see what you're actually eating. Like mm -hmm. even the little bites and like sips of things, um, those things add up. And then from there, I mean, it, it does depend person to person, like on their health history and, and their current diet and their lifestyle too. But it's typically like, let's remove the processed inflammatory foods. Let's like look at the ingredient labels on the things that you're consuming day to day and clean that up a little bit. Let's look at your stress levels because stress is, huge. And we hear it all the time, but I don't think people really understand how big of an impact it makes on them until they take audit of it. And they're like, okay, I'm not feeling like emotionally stressed, but like, what are the stressors in my life? Like, am I working out too hard? Mm. Am I not sleeping enough? Um, am I drinking too much? Like those are all physical stressors and that makes a huge impact in our overall health. Um, so I look at that, how much water are you drinking? Like your sleep, all those things incorporated, like that's what holistic nutrition is. It's not just about your diet. It's about like, what are you reading every day? What are you looking at? How much are you on social media? Like how much are you scrolling? What's your circadian rhythm? So I kind of take audit of like their lifestyle as a whole and then make a plan from there to do baby steps, not like everything all at once, but baby steps to get them back to a better place. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Let's talk about bloating. You mentioned it. For me, one of the 
first like symptoms that I really started feeling that was uncomfortable and then eventually was, you know, diagnosed with SIBO and all these other things. I also had candida overgrowth and things, but I feel like right now there's a big conversation on social media. That's like, Oh, you know, like it's okay to be bloated and like taking people having pictures of like post-period bloating or post-meal bloating, like this is okay. Can you clear it up for us of like what really is a gut health bloating issue versus just like after a meal, you know, you might be a little full. Yeah. That's a really good question. Cause there's definitely a difference after like humans eat, of course your stomach is going to distend a little bit because there's food in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you chug a bottle of water, you're going to get bloated, but that's not what we're talking about when we're dealing with chronic digestive bloating. If right after you have a meal, your stomach blows up and it's like extremely distended and hard to the touch and you didn't eat that much food, that's an indicator. If you wake up in the morning and you're really, really bloated and you just feel like, like you're backed up. Dr. Mark Hyman, I don't know if I love you know him. who that is, yes. but he, he's great. He had a good analogy. He was like, you know that you're having like digestive bloating. He said, when you feel like you put like an air balloon hose in and you just like pumped up your <laughs> stomach, that feeling of like, oh my God, like my stomach hurts so bad. Not it's It's very different from like you just ate a Thanksgiving meal. Like you'll know if it's consistent and it's happening every single time you eat, regardless of what the food is. I think that's that's how you kind of know. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I love that analogy. And I can definitely relate to feeling that. <laughs> it's terrible. I can too. Yeah, it is. So you talked about some of the removal of foods. I want to talk about elimination diets. I have heard so many people being like, this was amazing. It was so positive for me. I personally went through so many different types of elimination diets, working with different practitioners, having SIBO. Like, I think there's also still things that people are understanding about SIBO. Like, it's still kind of new to a certain extent. For me, there was an aspect that was never talked about, which made me like look at food in a way that I became a little bit scared of some foods. And I think had some of like a negative impact and it can be a little harmful. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It happened to me too. I mean, I got to the point where like I, I did the candida cleanse, which you yeah, might've too. It's so intense. And you can't eat, yeah, you can't eat any carbs or any sugar. And so when I was going through that, you get so strict and rigid with it because you so desperately want to feel better. And that does kind of create this, mindset of like, oh, carbohydrates are bad. Sugar is bad. Yeah. And that's something I really emphasize working with, with my clients, because that is a huge component of it. And I think it's really important to kind of shift your perspective from like, first of all, like this is not permanent. This is a short period of time that I have to do this to heal my body, but also realizing like, it's not the food that is causing this. It's the imbalance in my body. Mm-hmm. And I think when you shift that perspective, it kind of takes the pressure off of like, these foods are not good for me to, I need to get my body into a better place where it can be more resilient so it can handle all these foods and I can add more flexibility into my life. Mm -hmm. Because when you have gut issues, it's not really the food that's bad because you wouldn't like, you wouldn't be reacting to arugula or like (laughs) a grape, you know, like those are healthy foods that are really good for us. And when we have gut issues, our digestive system can't handle that. And it's not because of the grape and the arugula. It's because of our digestive system. Mm -hmm. And I think when we understand that and understand like 
why we're doing it, that really also helps us see that it's not forever and helps us not like demonize those foods. Yeah, exactly. I remember when I did one of the intolerance tests and I got an avocado was on there. I was like, no, (laughs) it was like, I can't look at avocado as a bad food. But yeah, I totally, I love your perspective on that. What about, I guess, ailments can be fixed like with a short amount of time and removing some of these things and then fixing the gut. What about for some people that might be experiencing a much longer healing process that might have been doing this for a much longer time, myself included? And how do you keep working with them, keep motivating them, keep iterating because one protocol might not work and then there is another one? How Have you seen um, those kinds of uh, examples that last a lot longer than like maybe a three months kind of protocol and fix? Yeah, I think for the majority of people, it does take longer than three months. I mean, for me, like the most healing I saw was in within the first three months, but it goes up and down after that, right? And you have to maintain the lifestyle a little bit in order to keep the symptoms gone, you know? Yeah. And healing is not like a, you do it for three months and then you're healed for the rest of your life thing. Like nothing works like that as much <laughs> as we wish it would. So I think it's it's about, you know, looking forward and saying like, I'm implementing some of these changes that might have to be long-term for a couple years, but it's making me feel better. And I think when you shift the focus again from like, this is horrible, this sucks to like, this is making me feel good and I'm going to be able to be better in my life because of it. Of course, like if you're dealing with it for two years and you're not getting better, that's so frustrating. And it's really hard because, you know, you try something and it doesn't work and then you try something else and it doesn't work and you get exhausted and you get hopeless and you just feel like your body is broken. And I think a lot of it is like mindset work and then also getting like a good practitioner that knows what they're doing and like a good nutritionist and also being your own advocate because mm-hmm. um, some of the journeys can be very long and you feel really misunderstood. And a lot of people don't know what they're doing and they'll put you on like a low FODMAP diet. And if that's not working for you, you have to tell the person like, this isn't working for me. This is making me miserable. I feel so stressed. And again, like stress is going to cause digestive issues. So you have to kind of like work and shift and understand that like the mental component and the physical component are equally as important and work with whoever you're working with on that and like, let them know when you're feeling like it's not working. Yeah. I love the, those two points of like mindset and then also being your own advocate, because I feel like when I started in my journey, I kind of gave my power away to the practitioners and I was like, okay, you know, best, like, tell me exactly what to do. And I would follow everything to the T and then, but there wasn't that feedback of like, wait, I don't think this is working. Like, and, and every time it would be like, wait, but tell me how to change it. Or, and then I had to work on one, the mindset of like, I can heal and I, and I have the power to do that, but also I can connect to my intuition and I know if a protocol doesn't actually work and if it's not for me. For sure. And it's such a tricky balance of trying to figure out like, how long am I going to do this before I need to switch to the next thing? Like, did I not give it enough time? Right. Am I giving it too much time? And that whole process is really hard to deal with, but like nobody knows your body like you do. Mm -hmm. And like me as a nutritionist, I have so much knowledge on these things, but when I look at my clients, like I'm not going to 
you know, I'm going to guide them in the right direction. And I think if they should stick it out longer, I tell them, but ultimately it's, it's their choice. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. And our intuition is so strong and we should listen to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, how about within your practice? Do you, what's your take on testing? Like when somebody has digestive or hormonal issues, do you go through first testing them or are there things that you can do and eliminate already before even doing any testing? I think it depends. Most people, when they come to me, they've already, they've gone through, you know, functional medicine doctors and they've gotten all this testing done. And I was actually talking about this on my Instagram the other day. I think testing is incredible because it helps us really uncover what the actual issue is. Like if you have something like parasites or H. pylori, or you have PCOS, or you have like these very specific things that you can eliminate with a very specific protocol, it's incredible. But I think there is so much that you can do before because with gut testing these days, like gut health is such a new science. Mm -hmm. Like we don't know that much. And so when you, we get these like stool tests done and it comes back with all of these different bacteria, there's like the good bacteria and the bad bacteria and all of these categories of things, it doesn't really tell us that much. And when you have a practitioner look at it, you're like, okay, you might have a little bit too much bad bacteria and, you know, not enough of this good bacteria. Then they prescribe you a probiotic, which is also such a new science. And we don't know really what these probiotics are doing or what strains are are in them or what strains are stronger or not as strong. And so you're kind of just like shooting in the dark. And I think for 90% of people, it's usually a waste of money unless they have like H. pylori or something like that, mm -hmm. because the protocol is going to be kind of the same, like, you know, just remove the ultra processed foods, reduce sugar, reduce alcohol, sleep better, uh, manage your stress, you know, like all the things that we know, I think it's important to do those first and really master it. And then if nothing's working, then you can go to further testing unless you have like really, really severe symptoms. Then of course, I think you should get tested. Yeah, for sure. And I find what I learned through doing different rounds of testing that was like mind blowing to me is that some tests might end up being different. Like if you get rid of one bacteria, then other bacteria will show up the next time. And I was like, what? How, how does this make any sense? Um, so yeah, there is an element of like, you know, kind of shooting in the dark, as you said. And as you said, like I personally also had H. pylori parasites, literally everything you're mentioning. I'm like, I've been there. Um, <laughs> and it was really helpful to get rid of those things uh, to to see it obviously on paper. And, and also I think emotionally to be like, oh, right, I'm not crazy because before that I went to like Western medicine testing and they're like, you're good, everything looks perfect. Um, yeah. So that was helpful too. Yeah, it's... It's crazy. I've had a lot of clients, they go through the Western medical system and they get, you know, like all of the the scopes up there to like look mm -hmm. and see if anything's there and there's nothing there. And they just feel so defeated and like invalidated because when you go through that, that whole system, they're like, oh, you have IBS, like here's some Metamucil or something. Yeah. And you're like, that's not what I need. Like that's not helping anything. And IBS is literally just them saying you have stomach issues. Sorry. And we don't know what it is. Yeah. So then when you go to a functional medicine doctor and they're like, no, actually like there's something wrong with you. Like you have X parasite or you have H pylori. You're like, you know what? I knew it. And it makes <laughs> you so mad at like your regular doctor because they just dismissed you. Yeah, exactly. And it's just because it's a system that's working within its own 
issues and um, just the way that it's been created is more to obviously help big diseases. And there is so much good. We love, you know, all the, all the positive science that um, has been done from it, but it's, I'm so glad that this new way um, through functional medicine or holistic nutrition, like all the things that you are doing are helping people get to the root cause of what actually is wrong. And you talked about stress being um, one of those root causes and managing stress. What are some of the ways that you help your clients kind of first even connect to the fact that there's stress in their lives and then uh, understand how to manage it and how to live with it? Yeah, I think most people know when they're stressed. I was just working with a woman who has two kids and one of them is a newborn. And so we're like, okay, you're definitely stressed out. And then of <laughs> course, part I'm like, your hormones are all over the place. So a lot of people know what the stressors are in their lives, but that doesn't really help resolve the issue because you can't, you know, you have kids, like your life circumstances are kind of set in stone to a certain extent and life's always going to be like that. So we kind of have to learn how to make our nervous system more adapted to those stressors. And that's things like doing the cold plunge, the sauna, um, meditating, doing yoga. If you're doing so many like high intensity workouts and you already have a very stressful life, maybe like let's taper it back a little bit. Cause especially as women, like we're so sensitive to stress and our hormones really, really adapt to it. And if we're doing too much all the time, that sends our nervous system out of whack. And so it's really about like understanding that your life is going to be your life. There's always going to be ups and downs, but like how do we make the organism more resilient so that we can deal with those things? Mm -hmm. And I think a really good tool that I have all my clients do is like, let's get your morning routine really solid. Like even if you have to wake up an hour earlier so you can like wake up slow, like stretch, journal, listen to music, like go on a walk, do those things that make you feel really, really good in the morning, that always helps. And that's something that I think almost everybody can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not like jumping on your phone first thing. And um, I often think about how your morning routine actually starts with an evening routine of just like making sure you're going to bed. As you said, if you need to wake up an hour earlier than like going to bed an hour earlier um, to set yourself up for success of like having enough sleep and then as you said, being able to actually have that morning routine. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. Your morning routine definitely starts at night. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What are, I'm curious, your, like, you obviously, you know, had um, different issues that brought you to then learning about it and like finding solutions to then helping others. How are you continuing to work on yourself and taking care of your holistic health as you're like helping um, others do the same? Yeah. I think it's such a journey and it's so funny because even now I'm going through so many changes like in my body that I'm trying to figure out. Like recently I've had a little bit more acne. I felt a little bit more tired. So I always have to take audit of my life. I'm like, okay, what am I doing? How do I shift things? And recently I've been slowing down a lot because I think last year I was doing a ton of heavy weight lifting and I feel like that kind of made my hormones off a little bit. And so I've been slowing down doing more yoga, more walks. Every morning I have like a, a good morning routine. I try and like read or go outside. Going outside is probably one of my non-negotiables. I have to spend time outside every day in the sun or I literally lose my mind. 
And then just keeping my diet in check. And my diet has changed a lot throughout the years too. Now it's like very high protein, high fat, and like incorporating lots of herbs and spices. And so I think it's always just taking audit of myself and asking like what I need to change or adjust. Because that's another thing I feel like we think if we found the diet for us, that's going to be the diet for us for the rest of our lives. But that's not true. Our bodies are always changing and fluctuating as we get older. Um, And I think it's important to learn to adapt. Yeah, I love what you just said. And I love that the continuous growth, right? And like changing because also like our hormones are going to continue to change, especially as a woman, especially as we grow older. And I find that it's funny. I, when I went through a lot of my gut health issues, I like brought my husband along with me and I was like, you also go get the test and do all these things. And he's like, okay, perfect. I'm going to find like my perfect thing. And he's like, I want my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner. And I want it to be the same for the rest of my life. (laughs) Like he's such a, (laughs) like, just give me the thing and then I'll do it. And I'll follow it. I'm like, no, but like you have to change things. And he's like, I have to change my breakfast. Like I can't just have the same breakfast every morning for the rest of my life. Um, And I think sometimes we're all, because we're living, you know, stressful lives and we have so much going on, we want that like really easy solution. But I am curious because for me, breakfast and adding protein to my breakfast has like changed my life. What are maybe some of like two, three typical breakfasts that you have um, that you can recommend for people that are, include protein and, and that are healthy and, uh, give them nutrition throughout the day. Hmm. I feel like I, I do alternate between like, I think two breakfasts. (laughs) One is it's eggs and chicken sausage with like a ton of cilantro Mm. and sometimes avocado. And then another one is I'll do coconut yogurt and then I'll mix in protein. I use Truvani protein. It's like a very clean brand and then some berries It's basically that, honestly. Sometimes I'll have like hard-boiled eggs and like a little arugula side salad. Like this morning, uh, me and my mom went out to breakfast and I had like an omelet with an arugula salad. Sounds delicious. It's very simple. I used to eat a lot of oatmeal, but I've found, and this is another thing with like people's bodies work so differently. I have friends that can eat oatmeal and feel great. If I eat oatmeal in the morning, I feel like crap for the rest of the day. (laughs) And that's just like trial and error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm totally, I'm the same as you. And some people are like, no, this is the best breakfast. And I'm like, for you. <laughs> yeah. <not> for me. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I have seen that you're um, sharing a ton on Instagram about your, a new program that I think you launched not that long ago. Um, if I'm not mistaken, can you tell us a little bit about it, how it works and like, if people want to join how they can. Yeah. So it's called the new leaf. And it's a 14-day program. And inside the program, you well, first you fill out a survey. And then I give you a meal plan based off of the survey, which is like your health history, your symptoms, all that stuff. And you follow that for 14 days. And every day, there's a different video lesson on like a different part of the body or a different topic. Like there's digestion, um, hormones, circadian rhythm, your period. Like every day, there's a different lesson. And then there's a meditation and a journal along with it. And also a group chat so everyone can like talk Mm. together. And I basically designed it because through seeing clients, I noticed within the first like two weeks to a month, they started to feel so much better. And it was almost like everything changed within those first two weeks. Mm. And I was like, why is this happening? Like, (laughs) I feel like it shouldn't be happening this quickly. But when you actually get clear on like what you need to do and you implement it, 
that's when you see all of the changes because so many people are stuck in that yo-yo dieting cycle and they feel like they do really, really well for like three or four days and they fall off. And then they like eat a bunch of stuff they know they shouldn't, they don't sleep well. And then it's like, you get back on the horse and it's just this horrible cycle where they just feel like they can't get out of it. They can't make it past like the fourth day. And I think within the program, like the environment that I wanted to create was like, let's just stick this out for 14 days and see how incredible you feel by the end of it. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing drastic, which is the thing. It's like Mm -hmm. the, it's the most simple um, lifestyle changes and and a very simple diet that also tastes good. And you can like do it long-term. And once people do it for 14 days, they're like, oh my gosh, it was actually this simple. Like I'm so mad at myself for the past like five years of like trying all these crazy things. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you get the mindset and like the basic lifestyle things and you actually start taking care of yourself, you can feel like a different person in, in 14 days. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you're talking about bringing simplicity back because I think that the health and wellness space has just gotten so complicated and so intense and there's so much information and also because we're learning so much more, which is cool. And there's more science and all these things, but it can be so overwhelming. I love that aspect of just making things more simple for people. Yeah. I think it's really helpful for me too, because as a nutritionist, like I'm always reading and like learning new stuff and you realize like, if you look at studies from 20 years ago, 10 years ago, like sometimes the science is completely flipped mm-hmm. and then you realize nobody actually really knows anything. <laughs> and so let's just bring it back to the basics of like how we're supposed to eat, just eat whole foods, sleep, take care of your mental health and do it consistently and you're going to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, you mentioned your certification program. Like I did a holistic health coaching program with IIN and they were very much focused on plant-based. Like it's changing now, but that's just a simple example of like before we used to say, you know, this is, this should be the way. And now we're saying something else. And so I think it also just, again, goes back to connecting to your intuition and to, yeah, listening to yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. This has been such an awesome conversation. Um, We usually end the podcast with a little rapid fire. Before we do, is there anything else that you're like burning to tell the world of if you want to take care of your health, these are the things that you should be doing or anything that you just want to share of of last thoughts before we get into the rapid fire? I think if people could take away one thing from me, it's go outside in nature more. Cause mm-hmm. I think everyone is so cooped up inside. And I understand like most of us have inside like sedentary jobs, but if you can get outside in the morning for 15 minutes and just get fresh air, it'll change your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I was for little background. I, seven years ago, I started a tech company um, with some co-founders and throughout that time I was very, very, stressed. And I knew that there was something within me that I was like, I need to do something else. And what helped me eventually to make the switch is that I would go, I live in the Bay area and I would go for 15 minutes just on a little hike every single day. And I would get like these intense pings of like, you know what you have to do? Like, hello. (laughs) Like I feel everything quiets in nature and it's just so easy to actually listen to yourself. And for me, it's what actually made me able to make the jump into doing something else. I love that. Yeah. I think there's just so much unspoken wisdom. Like when you go out in nature, because we're so consumed by 
our lives. And when you go out in nature and just kind of like, it just opens up your perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone needs to experience that at least at least 15 minutes a day, bare minimum. Yeah. I'm curious. Is that, have you always like grown up in a place where nature has been accessible? Is it something you've been taught through family or is it something that you more realized recently? I grew up in Virginia. Um, yeah. And I grew up like playing in the woods. So I think Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just been very innate in me. And then I lived in California, which is beautiful. And I would, I lived in LA, but I would go out into Malibu and just hike the mountains like by myself for (laughs) hours a day. And that was like some of the best times in my life. And now I live in Miami and honestly, I'm struggling a little bit because it's just, I mean, the beaches here are stunning, Mm -hmm. but it's so flat. There's no mountains and just like something about the mountains just like brings me home. So I I do miss that. Mm. Oh my gosh. I totally feel you. We spent my, my husband's family lives in Miami and we spent five months during the pandemic, um, just living with them. It was a lot nicer to live there than in California at the time. Um, and it was just, yeah, uh, awesome to also be with family, but we did miss the mountains. We were like, it's so beautiful. The beaches are amazing. The water is like, you can actually go in it every day. (laughs) Yeah. But the, but the mountains do bring something else. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. All right. So let's get into the rapid fire. Um, so this podcast is called unlock your vitality. Um, how do you unlock your vitality these days? What are, you mentioned already nature, but what are some habits or other things that you have been exploring that really feed that vitality? Mm, Sweating every day, definitely. And music Mm. brings me life. I used to be a dancer. So I think Mm, is, is good music. I love that. What are you starting to say no to these days? I think certain social situations. I feel like I've gotten much better at like setting, I don't want to say setting boundaries, but like saying no to things I don't want to do. I used to be a huge people pleaser and that's something I'm still working through. Mm -hmm. So I would go do things with friends, even if I didn't want to, or I knew I wasn't going to have a good time. But now I have no problem saying no if I don't want to go. <laughs> I love it. I love asking that question, and especially to anybody who has like gut health issues. I don't know if you know the work of Dr. Gabor Mate, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but he talks so much about that, the importance of saying no um, linked with digestive issues. And so I love that you're saying that now. It's like you have no problem with it. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a cool like combination and goes back to that holistic health aspect. Yeah, I totally agree with that. All right. The next one is what is on your nightstand? You know, it's funny. I don't even have a nightstand right now. I just, (laughs) and I have nothing on my nightstand because it doesn't exist, but (laughs) that is the best answer we've ever had. (laughs) I have no nightstand at my, my last apartment. I had my red light. I have, I do like red light therapy and I had my red light on my nightstand. Love that. Okay. The next one is if you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? I think it would be like, stop trying to please everyone. Like I, mm-hmm. I used to have a really hard time talking about my feelings in general, like in relationships and friendships, if I was uncomfortable or mad at somebody, I would never say it. Cause I never wanted to stir the pot. Like I just mm-hmm. always wanted to be the cool girl who's like, oh, doesn't bother me. Like, don't worry about <laughs> it. And as I've gotten older, I've realized like how much that impacted my mental health, but also like my physical health. Like, I feel like a lot of my gut health issues or just my health issues that I had in the past was because I 
I was harboring so much emotions mm-hmm. and I would build so much resentment. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it as like such a weakness mm-hmm. to say how I was feeling. I just wanted to be like cool all the time. Um, and I wish I learned that lesson sooner in life to yeah. tell people how I actually feel. This is my favorite question because I feel like it just, I don't know, you see so much more of a person when you understand what they went through when they were younger. Um, I love that answer. That's beautiful. That's a good question. <laughs> the last one is, what is one healthy habit that you encourage everybody to incorporate in their daily routine? I think not going on your phone for the first hour of the day is huge. Because when you just bombard yourself with everything that's on the phone, which is a lot, it's hard to like hear your mental chatter. Mm-hmm. And when you leave space for that for the first hour of the day, I think it's – you really – can sit with your thoughts and understand like what's actually bothering you, um, what you need to get done and have peace for an hour. Cause after that, it's just, you know, the craziness, the rest (laughs) of the day. I think it leaves a lot of space for you to understand yourself when you don't immediately bombard yourself with information and all of that first thing. Yeah. I love that. That's totally something. I think she doesn't do it anymore, but Ariana Huffington used to have a podcast and she would talk about that. And I think it was like seven years ago or something. I started doing that of just putting my phone in the kitchen as opposed to having it next to me in bed. Sometimes I'm definitely guilty of still like I wake up, I go to the phone, I grab it and then I go back to bed and I can see the times that I do that it impacting just the rest of my day, honestly. Yeah, it really does. Also because of the like the dopamine circuits. Do you listen to Andrew Huberman? Yes, I do. He talks a lot about that. Of like the first thing that we get dopamine from in the morning sets us up for like our habits the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And so if you're getting dopamine from your phone and notifications, it's just downhill from there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, where can people find you? We'll add all the links also on the show notes and things. But if somebody's just listening, they're like, oh my God, I love Grace. I want to follow her right now. Where can they do that? Um, Instagram is underscore graceful wellness. And then all of my links are in my bio from there. Just make it simple. (laughs) Perfect. Grace, it was so nice to talk. I feel like I could have talked to you for another hour. Um, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. This was fun. All right, guys. Bye and see you next week.